Marketing as a Foreign Language Live, this the 274th episode. Our guest on the show today, Kevin Snow, is a sales guru. I've known him now for a few months, and we have had uh, quite an interesting back and forth. This is episode two. If you missed the first episode, go to youtube.com forward slash send it rising, search Kevin Snow, and you can get all caught up, but don't worry if this is your first time. Just in time for a quick recap of the social media news of the day. All links to all articles in the description. Businessinsider.com, a Google executive in Singapore who has 40 hours of meetings a week, ouch, told us how she avoids burnout, and it includes five pieces of calendar magic. I find this so interesting. Stephanie Davis, a Google executive in Singapore, has about 40 hours of meetings to avoid burnout and, quote, Zoom fatigue. She prioritizes self-care like yoga and sailing and schedules three-minute stretch breaks on her calendar. This is funny to me because at the end of the day, it's sort of like, um, how does this, this reminds me of someone who's like, you know what? I've been sober for four years, 22 days, two hours and six minutes, you know, where it's still getting caught up in the, it's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing self-care. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's like, yeah, maybe the, maybe you are actually just suffering from this horrific uh, Zoom fatigue slash burnout and maybe the three-minute stretch breaks. Um, thou doth protest too much. U.S. workers have been quitting their jobs in droves with many of them citing burnout as a major factor. As the pandemic drags on, people are emotionally exhausted. This is why um, in my particular company, um, I let people do what they got to do. If you got to go see the doctor, if you got to go take a nap, if you need a time for yourself, hey, guess what? You work from home. It's going to be okay. There is almost nothing in the world of social media and advertising that needs to be done right this second. Um, Self-care to me is actually letting your staff um, be an adult. 40 hours of meetings a week is too many meetings, I think is uh, the truth here. So things like the number one on her list is eliminating unnecessary meetings. <laughs> then why do you have 40 hours of meetings? That's stupid. Scheduling time for meetings, prep, and follow-up. Shaking up the meeting format. Scheduling self-care breaks. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, it's just too many meetings. And anything other than that is just being silly. It's like saying, no, you can survive on four hours of sleep. Check out these four hacks to survive. It's like, no, get more sleep. Uh, next article, Facebook pauses sales of the Oculus Quest 2 due to face irritation concerns. <laughs> oh, man. So as we move into these new uh, world of AR, VR, this sort of thing, uh, we're going to have to get used to things being a little bit different, including face irritation concerns. You know, people used to not wear um, or have cell phones on their body all the time. And uh, now they do. So I guess we're just going to have to figure this out as the tech evolves. Eventually, of course, uh, with Google lenses, they're just going to be like glasses. Uh, there was an irrational, quote, dip, according to SeekingAlpha.com, of the Twitter stock. Um, there, were great, there was a great increase in the price of Twitter reported after Q2. But the stock is now trading down from the pre-earnings close. The social media company has grown users by nearly 50% over a two-year period, but now they're big into super volos and trying to monetize everything. Also, if you're unfamiliar with YouTube Shorts, YouTube Shorts is just TikTok. Um, and so everyone is trying to emulate the success of TikTok. Twitter is trying to 
uh, monetize. And I don't think it's going to work, to be honest with you. Last article before we introduce our guest, businessinsider.com. Facebook is letting religious groups charge users $10 per month for exclusive content, <laughs> such as messages from their bishop. Oh my goodness. Oh, I swear. I swear. Facebook has been partnering with religious groups, the New York Times reported. A U.S. church said Facebook gave it access to new monetization tools. This included a $10 monthly subscription for exclusive content, including messages from the bishop. So basically, you can't buy anything, anything um, nowadays, um, unless you uh, pay every month. It's, it's not good. I think it's very sad that we live in this world. We can't just buy stuff. Everything's a subscription. Did you know that uh, selling is hard? Um, if you are one of many, many people on the planet who is uh, involved in sales, or you're afraid of sales, um, you are not alone. I have had many a nightmarish um, experience, very embarrassing moments in my life in the sales space. So if you have an opportunity to listen to someone who knows what they're talking about, someone who actually hosts events and trains, well, you should listen to him. Our guest today is exactly that kind of guru. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the one and only Kevin Snow. Hey, Kellen, 40 hours of meetings? Dude. What? The, the, no. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, you got a plan, a plan for your pre-meeting and post-meeting. How many hours are you working? 80? Because that, that's dumb. How do you, I mean, I get it. Like, if you're an Olympian, or the Olympics are happening right now, um, fine. Uh, I suppose at certain points in people's lives, there are these moments where they can do this sort of crazy grind thing, I guess, but it is just untenable. There's just no way. I was, I wrestled in college, so I understand the whole get up in the morning, work out, eat, go to class, go work out again, and then go do some lifting and then go study and go to bed and, and, you know, and repeat and do that for an extended period of time. But even we had an off season where we were not doing class all day and not working out two to three times a day. You're, you have to break it up. You, you need to have a change in your schedule and, and the self-care of three-minute stretching. And like three-minute stretching, is that really self-care? That's just not like getting cramps from sitting all day. So you, you got to take time off. I've been a lot better lately. I'm actually like on the weekends going and doing things and not working on my business. And I'm it's been a huge change for me, but it's awesome. You know, I come back Sunday night, I do a couple things and like Monday morning, it's like, I'm not dreading Mondays because, you know, I'm not working 80 hours a week anymore. Yeah, it, it, it is silly to me. I mean, if, if you are, look, it depends on the business. It depends what stage you are at in the business. There's a million different variables. And so unless I'm talking to the person specifically with their specific problem and whatever it happens to be, then I can't say with expertise what exactly they should do at what time. I get yep. it. Fine. That being said, um, you do eventually have to realize that you're human. And what if you're in a meeting where you are completely in la la land most of the time you are not listening to what these people are saying you're scribbling notes then are you really in the meeting yeah i and my business partner is really good at doodling and and we tease him we're actually making him get tested uh we are like you are like add adhd you got to be something because you can't focus 
<laughs> in these meetings. I'm like, yes, some of these people don't know how to give a concise point, but you you, you still need to listen. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's as simple as that. So, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about the the generic sort of sales. You know, mm -hmm. you've got two ears, one mouth, this sort of stuff. People have heard this before. I'm curious if you have any specific anecdotes where you can walk us through the sales journey of one particular client, um, how you tend to close. Give us, uh, give us specific examples. I want to hear oh. a war story um, so that people understand that sales outside of generalities um, is like, it's an individual battle. Oh, so let's talk about the closing thing because everyone has this horrible idea. And this is where we get this, the bad stereotype for being salespeople is because everyone, when they hear the term closing, they either think of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing and that whole thing, or they have flashbacks to buying a car or, you know, closing a loan or doing something where the person is using these tired, horrible sales techniques, you know, the takeaway clothes, the Ben Franklin clothes, all those things. I hate them. I don't think a salesperson should be closing. I think they should be working for closure. And that closure is either a yes, a no, or significant next step. And that is a a conversation thing. I want a closure to my conversation, not closure to the process. So I, go no, ahead. I, lo I love that. Um, I love that because the Glengarry, Glen Ross, you know, I lived in those environments at certain mm -hmm. points. Um, I've been in that, that room where I'm cold calling people and there's all these little techniques you're supposed to do. And yep. it just, it, it felt like there was a layer of slime on me as I was going through them. Exactly. And that, like my, my parents, my mom is like, I don't know how you can be a salesperson. She's like, I could never do that. And I'm like, mom, you, you ran a credit card company. You were working with clients all the time. You, you literally were, were closing and selling and working when you worked with them. But it's that whole idea. They, they picture the Kirby salesperson or the auto dealer, car guy, the used car salesman, that stereotype. And for me, when I'm going through a sales process with a client, you know, they always tell, talk to you about how you need to qualify your client and ask questions. I'm asking questions to disqualify them. My questions are all, all right, how do I, I either getting them out of the meeting really quickly because I figured out they're not the right fit or I'm not the right fit for them. Uh, so that, that fr again, that frees up my time. So now I can do 40 minutes, of 40 meetings a week because... I'm getting rid of prospects that aren't the right fit. And that's scary for a lot of salespeople, that whole idea of, so I don't have to close everything. I don't have to sell everyone. Everyone's not a client for me. And then moving from there into, all right, so they are a fit. Now, how do we ask the questions that allow us to actually present a solution to them and not just go into, well, we're so great and you got to buy from us because of this and we did this and here's why we're awesome. And which is what a lot of salespeople do. Yeah, there's some, there's a sixth sense that I've developed over the years of sales cringe. So I'll just be in a sales meeting and I will, f someone else will say something and I'll just, ooh, I just, my yep. whole, I just, and, uh, and I don't know how you get that un un unless you've just been in the war zone. And, you know, I make all these battle analogies as if it's like, you know, a battle that it, maybe you can find it's, it's a metaphor. It can only stretch so far. Um, but uh, I'm but reminded you're, you're absolutely right, though. You have to be out selling and having the conversations if you're going to learn what works. 
you know, I didn't figure out that whole questioning and disqualifying thing right away. Uh, you know, I learned it selling cell phones of all things, you know, we, I would go into a client and I'd do go through the normal thing and, I, and I'd be successful of selling on price and everything. But then I started asking questions and realized that we had some unique features that actually allowed them to do more with their business and free up time and add on crews and manage more things. And I, so I started being able to come in and ask much more what for a lot of salespeople would be intimate questions, but it was really focused on, you know, what their actual day looks like. And, you know, how many crew, how do you, how do you manage your crews when they're out on the road? How are you sending job information back and forth? You know, what do you do if a, if a job changes or someone doesn't show up for a job? You know, all these types of things. And then being able to take that information, put it into that solution that is like, well, what happens if we're able to allow you to do this? What does that mean for your business? And that gets rid of all of those horrible sales techniques. You don't have to do the takeaway close or, you know, here, I'll give you 10% off if you close today. You don't have to do that stuff because you've actually spent time and given them a solution that fits their specific needs that they're excited about. And they are emotionally invested in being able to do because they now understand the impact for them. It's not just here, buy my stuff because we're cool. Yeah. I mean, the only time I, I'll discount um, will be if they... Like we, we've gone back and forth, we've gone up and down and they're like, can you, you know, like there it's coming out of their mouth. Like at, in the end of the day, like, would yep. you be willing to? And then if we've gone far enough down the path, like I will at times discount. But if I'm the one doing it, I, I always feel like then you got to wonder as the person buying, like, could I've gotten a better deal? Yeah. Right? If, if I'm going to buy something from someone and like I'm about to walk away and they're like, oh, I'll give you X percent off. I was like, well, why didn't you just offer that in the first place? Like, why am I why do I have to fight for that discount? Um, like, isn't the value of your service X for everybody? And a lot of these companies are like that. Um, Verizon, you know, it's like you get to the uh, what's that department retention. Yep. <laughs> And they've got full authority to be like, you know, what was it? I talked to someone who got on a call with Sirius, Sirius XM. And I believe that Sirius uh, just, it doesn't matter how many people they have signed up. Any revenue coming in is better than none because it's just their infrastructure. Like the one more person yep. doesn't, doesn't matter. And so they went from like 30 bucks to $3 yeah. a month. Three. They were just like, will you do it for $2.99? And the person's finally like, fine. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who did that too. He's, he's like, yeah, I'm paying like three bucks for my Sirius satellite. I'm like, what? How how would you do that? So. Yeah, just wild. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It just makes you wonder if, you know, if you're overpaying for stuff and this sort of like haggling. And that's sort of, I guess, human nature at the end of the day. Um, all money is, is merely, um, you know, uh, an agreement boiled down into, into symbols. Um, yeah. and so given that reality, um, what can a budding entrepreneur do who, who hasn't really sold anything? Like what, what are the, the tactics and strategies that they should employ, um, to sell more? Oh, they need to be having conversations. And th th that's the number one thing they need to do is understand that sales, all it is, is a conversation with an outcome. And they need to get okay with having that conversation. And 
and asking questions. A lot of times what I found, especially with the new salespeople or new entrepreneurs is they, they're trying to, they're, they're, they're revenue hungry and they need, they need money because they're a new, new entrepreneur and they got to pay bills. So they're really, you know, you can almost smell commission breath on them, you know, that whole desperation thing. And it's really what I tell them is you just, you need to ask questions. You need to be asking tons of questions and paying attention to what everyone's saying so that you can find the similarities and what's triggering that person to say, oh my God, I need your service. And it's, and that was my favorite question when I did sales consulting coming into businesses. All right, Mr. Business Owner, what's the one thing you say to your clients and every time you say it, you see the lights go on in their eyes. They're like, huh, I've never, I've never paid attention. Yikes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's bad. Um, yeah. And that's you know, key. You, you need to understand what's happening because that's how you learn. It's that self-awareness that's going to allow you to shorten your sales cycle from three or four calls into one or two. Right. Commission breath. That is so funny. I have never heard those two words combined. Um, <laughs> and, and they're true. I'll tell you a story. I went to a car dealership and uh, there was this guy there who owned, used to own a sandwich shop that I frequented a lot. And uh, I was like, he sold it. And now he's working at a, as a salesperson at this car dealership. And uh, it's kind of wild. And we were chatting. And ultimately, I wasn't a big fan of the car, um, which is why I didn't go with him. But he came up to me at one point And he's like, I really need this deal. Like, he was giving me, like, the big eyes yeah. and the sort of, like, you know, like, I really need, you know, it's like. And I was like, that made me feel incredibly uncomfortable. And I wanted to, I wanted to help the dude out. And my wife at the time was like, uh-uh. <laughs> she put the kibosh on that so fast. It's like the horrible, the contest clothes. You know, if you buy, I'm going to win this trip and I'll win this contest and I'll qualify for this thing. Like, I don't care. Why, why, why do I care if you win a trip? Uh, I felt, <laughs> I felt bad. I mean, he's just, it, but, but it was that desperation. And, yep. and, and when I, when I first started, I don't know if it was that desperation or if it was um, just my lack of experience, but um I was convinced, I had convinced myself that I was doing the right thing. I'm having conversations with people. I'm being honest with people. I'm not lying to them about the service. I'm telling them the truth. Um, when it comes to SEO, uh, month to month is incredibly important, right? So anyone out there that's looking at internet marketing, don't be buying some six month year long thing. You wouldn't hire someone for a year, right? Like imagine that you're a business owner. You're like, okay, you get to be here for a year, no matter what you yep. do. It's, it's insane to me. I do not understand that. Um, so month to month's a big deal. And the other thing too, is like, forget guarantees, man. Just like anyone who's guaranteeing anything, you can just go jump off a, a steep cliff yep. um, because it's garbage. It's like, it's like saying um, I'll coach this basketball team and I'll guarantee you we'll, we'll place in the top three. Oh, really? You're going to get, because you know how injuries are going to play out during the season. You know, you can tell the future, Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah, digital marketing is so volatile. You don't know what's going to change for technology, what the flavor of the day is going to be. If Google comes out with a new algorithm, Apple turns off Facebook pixels. You know, there's all these things that happen that will just completely screw up your process that you have to then recover from. And to be able to say that, yeah, I guarantee you're going to get X amount of revenue. I have clients that ask me that. I'm like, I'm not going to give you any guarantee. I'll guarantee I'm going to build you really sweet stuff, 
but I can't guarantee outcomes because that all is driven by traffic and other things that you're doing and your ability to actually close a deal. Yeah. We, we, we got to figure out a way internally to, you know, get outside of this BNI model. So we've been doing this for years and the vast majority of our clients come from business networking international BNI for those that are, are not familiar is like a lunch group or breakfast group that meets. And there's one person from every industry, a dentist, a probate lawyer, maybe a lawyer that's criminal defense and mortgage and blah, blah, blah. And all of our clients are that they're all service-based, you know, local businesses by and large, we've got probably 10% that, that aren't there are they're like e-coms or different, whatever. Um, and if I trace back, the clients, all the clients in some way or another tie back to these BNI chapters. And so we've been doing um, ads and that sort of stuff um, to try to get out and start promoting. And we're, we're going down that path. But at the end of the day, that's really all that's worked in my particular industry, B2B sales. Um, so let's talk a little bit about prospecting. And I know that may not necessarily, that might fall into marketing land. Do you allow that to be considered a sales conversation is like finding these people, warming them up to even have a that, conversation with you? If, if you are a salesperson and you're not prospecting, you are missing out on a ton of revenue. That is the number one job of a salesperson is to fill their pipeline. So yeah, prospecting is totally a sales conversation. It's just an early one. It's an, it's it's like dating. It is the seeing someone at the bar and saying hi conversation, you know, and understanding where what the role of that conversation is. So just like dating, when you see someone at the bar, it's not, hey, want to go to bed? That's not the role of that introductory conversation. And it's the same thing for the for prospecting. You know, for me, when I telemarketed or cold call or did any of that, it was all about getting that next meeting and getting to actually sit in front of them and have a meaningful conversation. So for me, my prospecting, I do it all online. I do it all on Facebook. I find all the business groups that have my target clients in them uh, on Facebook. And I also find some like non-business oriented ones where that's just common interest for people that are in my, my uh, target markets. And I join them and I start having interactions with them there. And I've, I farm the groups and I literally work through a uh, making myself visible uh, and then having people see that. All right. So this Kevin guy actually understands some things that he what he does. He's making really good comments. And then I start making posts where I'm actually sharing content and sharing information. And that is where I'm getting people to say, hey, you know, can we chat? You know, can we jump on a DM? Uh, you know, I have questions about what you said. And that's where I started having all the conversations from. And those DMs go then into, hey, can we jump on Zoom? And we can talk more uh, in more detail. And we do that route. So yeah, those are totally sales conversations. You need to be having those on an ongoing basis. And, uh, and the nice thing about the group thing is I can spend 15 to 20 minutes in, a, in the groups in the morning and I've been, I'm done. And then maybe I'll check back later in the afternoon, but it's not like smiling and dialing where you're on the phone for an hour or two hours and you're taking up a big chunk of time trying to get uh, connections. Wow. So I've heard a lot about Facebook groups and every time I go to log in or join one, I am always met with just a nightmarish, like awful spam ridden, like these groups are just terrible. Or if they're halfway decent, 
they have a million rules. Like you can post on 7 a.m. every other <laughs> Tuesday if you you know if your name starts with B. Um, yeah. And so, what are the groups that you are a member of that are working for you? So, uh, one of my target industries is software and technology firms. So, I, I'm in a lot of software as a service groups. And some of them are very technical where they're talking about the back end stuff and tools and all that type of stuff. But they also still talk about marketing in there and sales because it's all startups. It's all people that are trying to grow this new, this new passion project of theirs. So it, it is really important to understand the rules, but you know, most of them are the big rule is no self promotion. So you're not like in there and you can tell the spammy posts when they come in now, cause it's like, Hey, I'm doing this special offer in this webinar and you click here and you can join and blah, blah, blah. But if you, if you're sharing content about something that's important to the group, so I'll share about, you know, Hey, here's how you start building a list. Here's how you start building an email list. Here's how you get engagement through lead magnets and start talking about it. There's never any there saying, Hey, if you want more information, hit me up. It's just, Hey, here's stuff that you can do. that's going to help you. They're totally cool with those types of posts. They, and they have all those rules cause it does become the spam fest. And then no one wants to be in there because it's oh, all that's going to happen is I get sold to. It sucks. So you have to be a lot smarter about how you do it. And it's kind of like doing content marketing on social media or on your website. It's just a really targeted audience. And, yeah. the, and the call to action is going to be much more subtle. The goal is to get them to start talking to you and asking questions or saying, well, we tried this and we found this worked out really well. It's like, awesome, cool. Tell me more about this. And now you're having this conversation, sharing ideas, which is cool. And you're now having this, the, the relationship building where, you know, I've had people that I've done this to that, you know, months later is like, hey, we're starting this email, cold email campaign. Can you come help us? Because we're, we're not getting results. Totally. Let's, let's bring in my expert and we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get you set up and we'll have awesome activity like that. Just because, you know, I had genuine conversations with people. Yeah, no, I like that. We we're tackling, um, personal injury right now. We we've had a few personal injury attorneys with a lot of success. Very happy. They're very happy. One of our clients, um, Marcus Berg with Mossberg injury attorneys in Las Vegas, just did an Instagram post that got 16,000 impressions, I wanna say something like that. Um, and this was only after a month and a half of us training him on how to do Instagram the right way. And uh, it was a post about how one of his clients got hit in the, hit in the head by one of those big roof tiles that you mm -hmm. see in Vegas, those desert roof tiles, that kind yep. of U-shaped, you know? And he's literally holding the tile. Um, and so a part of me is wondering if we could just go into attorney groups and kind of say, Hey, look, here's, you know, here's a client of ours, Marcus, and here's a post of his that did well. And here's why it did well. And, you know, I mean, they'll find some sort of way to get in there and not, not spam them to death. Yeah, totally. You could go in there. All right. So, Hey, attorneys, you're trying to use social media. Here's how not to sound like a dirtball attorney when you're doing it and give them top five ways and just give them, you know, like you'd be training a client, you give them the exact same information. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want to give away the secret sauce. Why? Why not? They're not going to be able to replicate it as well as you do. They're going to try and they're like, oh my God, this is so much work. I need to call the guy who actually came up with this. 
Yeah, I've said that so many times. I've I've given speeches where I've said pretty much those exact words, yeah. which is, you know, not to mention the secret sauce isn't like a recipe that's been handed down generation to generation. <laughs> and if you tell them that it's just sriracha, all of a sudden, like no one will look at you the same way. Yeah. That's not how it works. It's um it's so it's so fluid. You know, SEO isn't even that relevant anymore. It's it's relevant, yes, but it used to be everything everything and now TikTok, instagram facebook social media presence all that sort of stuff facebook ads google ads uh call tracking i mean all yeah. this stuff you know um so it just goes to show i mean even if you had the seo secret sauce two years ago it's no longer relevant um so yeah i'm right there with you yeah one of my friends had went to this amazing social media training and the guy literally walked through, here's how you kick social media's ass. And gave him all the steps on how to make the content, how to do the posts, you know, everything. And he's like, why are you sharing all this? I'm never going to buy your stuff because you just gave me all the answers. He's like, okay, sure. And he's like, I went back to the office. I told my boss. I figured out the social media thing. I started, And then I started doing it. And, like, spent half a day getting all the social media ready. And it was like, Awesome. And the next day, it's like, crap, I have to do this again. When am I going to actually go sell things? I can't do this. This is stupid. And he called him up. He's like, hey, it's Donnie. Um, so you were right. <laughs> when can we meet and when can we hire you? Because this sucks. So, And that's what most people find. it. They, they are not experts in it, so it takes them three times as long to do SEO or social media or automation as it would us. And then they're like, oh my God, I've just added way more work to my life. This is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron James can tell you how to win a basketball championship. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, look, you need to be able to hit threes, drive to the lane, left or right side. You have to study the defense. And um, when they double yep. team you, you got to be able to throw it to your guy in the corner so he can knock down the threes, do those things. And you'll win an NBA championship. Also and, be six, six and 280 pounds. <laughs> or and, and be coordinated enough to bounce a ball while you're running. That's right. You know, and then, I mean, but it is, I mean, it's kind of like that, which is ridiculous, but yeah. true. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up the show here, uh, youtube.com forward slash send it risings where you want to go. If you want to join us for the live show, if you're listening to us after the fact, like most folks do iTunes and Spotify are the primary places that people are, are enjoying the content. Why don't you swing by youtube.com forward slash send it rising, hit the like button, leave a comment for the algorithm, help promote our little show. Kevin Snow is the man, as you can probably already tell, if you're interested in being a better salesperson. Well, uh, you've already heard it. From the man himself, why don't you reach out to him? Kevin, where can the folks reach you? Uh, the easiest place to find me is just uh, email kevin.snow at time-on-target.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give Kevin the final words of wisdom. What do you have to say? Uh, final words of wisdom is have conversations that if you want to be better at sales, you need to be having the conversations and making the attempt to interact with people. You can't just be waiting for them to come to you. You need to be going out, initiating contact, and then listening to what they have to say to you. Bingo. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for swinging by the show. We'll see you all next time.